In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning to you. And a blessed Candlemas to you. Uh, today, 40 days after the Feast of the Nativity, a.k.a. Christmas Day, uh, we are commemorating the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ at the temple in Jerusalem. So, so some think of, and, and maybe you caught this uh, in the opening hymn, some think of Candlemas as sort of the final hurrah of Christmas, the, the final end to Christmas. For, for Christ is but a baby 40 days uh, old when he's presented uh, at the temple. And it's called Candlemas. Right? There's a lot of connections. So it's going to be called Candlemas, uh, which you'll see why it's called Candlemas, just for probably branding purposes. Because otherwise we would say a blessed uh, <laughs> feast of the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ at the temple. That's a mouthful. Or the, the feast of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because in accordance with the Mosaic Law, she's also making, uh, through a sacrifice, ritual purification after having given uh, childbirth. But it's called Candlemas, uh, not just because it's easier to say, but because there is this theme of light that we can trace all the way back to Advent uh, and through Christmas and, and Epiphany, coming to the elderly saint, Simeon, who prophesies, saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light, to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people, Israel. So Jesus, as the firstborn son, in accordance with the Mosaic law, is brought to the temple 40 days after his birth. And February 2nd is 40 days after Christmas. Because the firstborn of both man and beast was to be consecrated to the Lord. Luke chapter 1, verses 22 and following. And when the time had came for their purification, that's in reference to Mary, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. The word holy means set apart. Set apart to the Lord. And Jesus is brought to the temple, not only in accordance with the law, but in fulfillment of the law and the prophets, and in fulfillment of Abraham and Israel's vocation, which I spoke of last week. So here in the flesh, in the temple, is the one through whom all the nations of the earth are blessed. Here is the firstborn Israelite who is truly and utterly dedicated to God the Father. Here is the one of whom the prophet Malachi spoke, the one coming suddenly to the Lord's temple. Because Israel, even though the geographical exile had ended, that means they they were back in their land, right? They weren't in Babylon anymore. The theological exile still continued. They were still living under Roman rule. And plus, there was no thought at, in Israel at the time that the, that the Lord's presence, that his, that his Shekinah glory had, had returned and was, was, that he was inhabiting uh, Herod's temple in the same way that uh, God inhabited Solomon's temple. So this is 
the return of Yahweh to Zion, Jesus coming into the temple. And what is a temple? What, when we talk about him coming to the temple, what, what was it? Well, a temple in, in general, and the temple in Jerusalem in particular, a temple is a microcosm. And I mean that literally and etymologically. Micro, meaning small. Cosm, meaning world or cosmos. It's a temple is a scaled down model of heaven and earth. And it's the place where heaven and earth come together. Thus, Jesus is the light of the world coming into the temple, the microcosm, but also stating that that this is the light of the world coming into the temple of the cosmos, coming coming into our plane, coming into space and time. Jesus is the place ultimately where heaven and earth come together. Thus, he is ultimately the temple and we, by extension, as his mystical body. So a temple is, yes, it's a a dwelling place for deity. It's a a microcosm. It's It's a small world, not like the ride, but God does on a small scale Symbolically, what he desires to do in all of all of the cosmos, it's and it's this intersection between heaven and earth. But but what is done at, at a temple? Like like what's the main activity? Of course, it's a it's a place of of prayer, right? G- Jesus he, he gets really mad at people trying to turn uh, the temple courtyard and outer court into a strip mall. And turn some tables over and, and get serious about that. He says, my father's house will be called a house of prayer. But, but the primary activity, that is the activity of first importance, is what? Is sacrifice. It's worship through sacrifice. And under the old law, the sacrificing of animals. So, so, and that's exactly what we see the Holy Family doing, right? Is they, they come according to Luke 24, to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And in Christian iconography and art, uh, they are sometimes depicted as bringing the two turtle doves, which would, be, would have been a provision for the poor. Been a provision for the poor. Uh, they're bringing that as, as a sacrifice. But more importantly, and here's what's going on, Theologically, Christologically, blessed Joseph and the blessed Virgin Mary bring into the temple the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So let's bring this all together. I I promised I would be brief because as you'll hear in a second, they're to do some of the business of the church today. As the Christ child entered the temple of Herod, as the temple himself, illuminating the eyes of Simeon, so does the church, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, take the light of Christ into the temple of the cosmos, that the eyes of the Gentiles, that the eyes of the nations might be enlightened. So may we be as Simeon and Anna longing to see Jesus above all else.
How moving is that? She becomes a a widow, and she's at the temple night and day, praying and fasting and longing to see the Lord. So may we be as Simeon, may we be as Anna, longing to see Jesus above all else. Some of you all might say Anna. I say Anna because I've, I've had to watch Frozen a bunch of times. That's just how I'm going to pronounce it from now on. True, true story. <laughs> to see the light and to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. This is the goal. So that the whole world, through our witness, may see and know the light of the world, Jesus Christ our Lord. So may we be little lights pointing to the great light. May we be that which we are called to be, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, radiant in good works so that others might come to glorify the Father which is in heaven. So as is the custom of church, you'll see some, some candles over here for Candlemas. And in uh, just a moment, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to bless those candles. Uh, and then you're going to be free as you either finish receiving the sacrament or as you're headed out uh, this morning, hey, you can be free to take one of those candles. You can take them to your home. You can take them to your place of work. If you're allowed to have fire, they trust you with that. And what it is is that we're taking the light of Christ out into the world, that we're, we're putting ourselves in the position of, of Simeon, that we have uh, in our lives, in, in, the, in the Holy Scriptures, in the liturgy of the church, we have beheld the one who is a light to the nations, And we are to be little lights pointing to that great light, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So again, I'm going to bless and distribute these candles. You can pick one up on the way out so that you can take the light of Christ into your homes and into the world. Again, in hopes that you and others will see and experience the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.